here we go. Two weeks ago, uh, we shared with you that about this whole journey that we have been on, and uh, it was it was simply an invitation that, much like what David had, what what Tab and I went into, is what David had, and he wrote in Psalm one thirty nine. He says, "Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me." And know my anxious thoughts. See, we could do that right now, right? What's going on, anxious thoughts, eh? Point out anything in me that offends you and lead me along the path of everlasting life. And so we began the journey of uh, asking the Lord, search the heart of Cambridge Vineyard. And, uh, you know, we used what we used in that was there was a book that we came up with that tab had come upon which was called Necessary Endings, written by Dr. Henry Cloud. If you're familiar with the book Boundaries, then he, along with Dr. Townsend, they, they wrote that book. But Henry Cloud wrote this. It was four corporations and organizations about the whole thing to do with pruning. So we began that. And it was this deep search, deep search of the heart with the Holy Spirit. And uh, last week we shared with you a key question that Dr. Cloud mentioned in his, that asked the reader in his book. And it was, it was a profound question for us, which is what is that one indispensable thing? And that's a question you can ask yourself. Boil it down into your life. What is that one indispensable thing? The thing that's non-negotiable, you can't touch that, you can't go there. That's the, that's the sort of like the gem of your heart, right? And so when we looked at ourselves and considered what the vineyard was birthed in, what, what was key for us individually, there was just one thing that stood out, and it was this, intimacy with Jesus. That take anything else, don't take that. You can't take that. That is the non-negotiable for us. And there's something about that when you encounter the love of Jesus, God, the Father's love for you, that it that it almost it pulls a response from your heart to respond back in an act of love. And and the, so the question becomes that's for us, for you individually as well. How will we live our lives in response to that love of God? How do, how do we live our lives? And, and as I see things, and I know you do too, Tab, as well, that Jesus offers us a life that nothing can compare to it, right? It's a, it's a, it's a life like no other. And so this morning, we're going to share with you three areas, three things that we really strongly sense the Holy Spirit speaking to us, calling us to cultivate and nurture as a church family, but it's even something individually to culture and nurture as well. So Tab, you take it away for number one. The first area that we feel the Lord is inviting us into is to a transformative life. And um, what does that look like? Well, there is a saying that we have here at the Cambridge Vineyard, which is, come as you are and you will be loved. And this is a fantastic saying because it is, you know, very, very welcoming. Um, however, 
Jesus calls us to a new life. So it's not just come as you are and just sit back, rest in what you are, but allow yourself to be transformed. And so we hear the Lord, the Holy Spirit, saying to us that there is a posture that he wants us to take and that that posture is a posture of open-handedness of allowing a willingness to allow ourselves to be transformed, meaning not holding anything back from him, like everything is fair game, which is kind of risky, right? (laughs) It's risky. However, we do know that he's not only asking us personally, myself personally, Scott personally, also every single believer out there, no matter what denomination you're a part of, But us specifically, organizationally, as the Cambridge Vineyard, this part of his body. Mm -hmm. And so he calls us um, throughout the scriptures to run with him. And you see this very clear in the Song of Songs. I love it. But throughout all the other portions of scripture where he is calling us to come out of ourselves, to run with him. And so... The race that we are admonished to run is, is supposed to be one of endurance. And one of the scriptures that really um, stood out to us with this that we want to encourage you in is in Romans 12, 1 to 2. And so here it says, And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. That's an open-handedness. Mm-hmm. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, dying to self, allowing things to be shifted and moved, redefined, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Don't copy the behaviors and customs of the world, but let God transform you into a new person. Can you click? (laughs) By changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. And so we feel like the invitation that the Lord is asking us to to be a part of in this open-handedness is a way to have our minds um, renewed, the way we think, how we have been perceiving things, what we have been believing, and also how we function. So this is the posture that we are coming to where we have put everything on the table to be redefined, re-examined by the Lord. Holding nothing back, we are hearing him ask us to shift some of those, some things. And we know that there's more that he has to say, but he doesn't want to overwhelm us. So like I mentioned last week, one of the areas that we have heard him say, you got to do this a little different, is in our meetings. So when we gather together, whether it's a Sunday planning meeting or a staffing meeting or whatever meeting it may be, as simple as it might be, was to put him in the forefront, you know, and allow that time to pray and hear and um, even minister to each other if need be, following the lead of the Holy Spirit and then going into our meetings. Yeah, we're not just jumping right into the agenda. Not, yeah, not jumping right into the agenda. As we mentioned last week, we we um, have been running on, on task tracks, and we're trying to shift to relational tracks. And 
another thing that we mentioned last week was that we are going to uh, take a look with, with everybody who is a part of the Sunday service, transforming how that even looks, to make sure that there is a space and a place for intimacy in the Lord. And um, one other area that is so pressing right now, and it is in the forefront, and it is something that is being transformed as we speak, is our governance model. We felt very clearly that the Lord was calling us, um, both the, the, the board, the elders, the staff, um, feeling this call to transform how we function. And so um, we don't have everything of what that looks like right now. We know that we are coming together not as two distinct groups that function distinctly, um, but actually as a whole where we can actually discern together, pray together, and say this is good with us in the Holy Spirit very confidently as we move forward. And so one of those changes is in process right now. And so if you are trying to reach the elders or if you're trying to reach the board, you will see that our emails, elders at cvcf.ca, no longer exist and board at cvcf.ca no longer exists. But actually you will be emailing the senior leadership team, which is slt at cvcf.ca, and your email will then be guided to the appropriate individuals. And so we don't have all of the details yet. This is in motion, but we are hoping that come our annual general gathering, um, our family meeting, that we will have more details for you at that time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's lots more we could say about this, but about this whole transformative life, but today is not the day for that. That's one of the areas, a transformative life. The other area that we really felt the Lord calling us to nurture and culture is what we've called a rooted life. And, uh, and there's, you know, because there's a reason why we follow Jesus. Um, it's not Again, we'll always say it's not a religion. It's not based on the following rules. It's following him. And our, our goal is, is we want to be more like Jesus. We want to grow into his, into that new life. Cause we're, it, we use the words born again. We use the word uh, new life. <laughs> and Jesus, we got to take Jesus seriously at that, right? And, and what I have found is that in following Jesus and in being rooted into his love is that when you look at all the troubles in life, that does actually overcome it. I, I understand why Paul says they become, what, what does Paul say, that light momentary troubles? Right, because that's the whole point of being deeply rooted in Jesus. It's that intimacy. It's that heart-to-heart uh, relationship we are called to have with Jesus. And because it's there, that's where we start to put down deep roots, right? And uh, so that's, that's what we, we want to follow. This is the Jesus way, and that's what we want to follow. So that when the storms of life come, and Jesus, by the way, does say, they will come. Right? Like, we shouldn't have been surprised this morning that something could happen, and it did. And Jesus goes, well, 
You can't be surprised about that. <laughs> no, they're light and momentary troubles is all they are. And I love how Paul, when Paul writes his letter to the church in Ephesus, one of his things, and what you see Paul sort of getting at, is that he's calling them to the heart of Jesus, to this deep, to be deeply rooted in that. And right in the middle of his letter, Paul has this prayer for the Ephesians. And his prayer is about be able to experience the, this love of Christ and to be rooted in there. And here's, here's what it says. This is a little part of it. I pray that from his glorious unlimited resources, he will empower you with the inner strength through his spirit. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him and your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. He says that so succinctly, so well. And so we ended up, when we were talking about this, you know, we were wondering, we should, there should be something that, a statement that sort of captures a lot of this. And we came up with this statement. It's, it's not written in stone or anything like that, but it's something uh, that, you know, we can sink our teeth into, so to speak. It's this. We see a day when people of all ages are intimately anchored into the heart of Jesus, steady, strong, and rooted like great oaks planted by God. That's what we see. That's what we want to see in anyone who's following Jesus to be, so no matter what happens in life, deep like, like an oak tree that just stands strong. That's our desire, so to speak. So that's number two. So it's a transformative life, a rooted life, and tab, you're on. And the last place that we feel currently right now that the Lord is calling us into is a reproductive life. So at the beginning in Genesis, you know, God gives the word to multiply. And then in the New Testament, as Jesus is ascending into heaven, he also gives the same command to multiply, to go and make. And um, so part of what we, the invitation that we are hearing the Holy Spirit calling us into is to reproduce. And um, think of any family, right? The joy that comes with the birth of that union as a new child. And uh, this is no different. We feel the Holy Spirit calling us through the lens of intimacy to be transformed, to be firmly rooted and established in the relationship, and then to reproduce. So Jesus said to us in Matthew twenty-eight nineteen to 20, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey my commandments I have given you. And be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. You know, for a long time, and even currently right now due to COVID, many churches are asking the question, what does discipleship look like? And have we discipled well? And they're rethinking discipleship. And it's not about creating disciples in our own image, right? Or what we feel is right or good and true. But it is about establishing this relationship deep in intimacy with the Lord Jesus Christ so that things can be 
are redefined. And so along with bringing this multiplication into the world of who Jesus is, we also feel like there's a posture that we're being asked to take. And that one we find in Ephesians 4, 1 to 3. Therefore, I, a prisoner for serving the Lord, beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling. For you have been called by God. Always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other making allowances for each other's faults because of your love. Make every effort to keep yourselves united in the spirit, binding yourselves together with peace. And so in and through these processes, and I understand you probably are hungering for more details, but we want to unpack this well with you. And we understand and we hear very clearly. In fact, we've heard the call from the summertime of 2020, the beginning of the summer, the Lord saying, calling us to humility. And so when things go crazy like this out of our control, you know, like this morning has, it begs us to lean in humbly for him to make things um, spiritually fortifying to our souls. Because it's not about Scott or myself or Jill and the team or the AV team or Wes or Aaliyah at the back there. You know, it's not about what we produce per se online or podcast. It is about our faithfulness to lean in, to trust, and to encounter this deep, enduring love. Absolutely. And and so we are going to wrap up because we want to leave you with those three things, what we sense the Lord is saying for us to cultivate and nurture as a faith community. That whole thing of a transformative life, which speaks of, as Tab has mentioned, uh, coming before God with humility, right? Because in that, then the transformation can begin. We're not holding on to things. A rooted life so that regardless of what happens in this world, regardless of what we have to face, we're not moved. Why? Because our lives are rooted in God's love. And then finally, a reproductive life, a life that we equip others, we train others. It's about helping others. It's it's Jesus' commission to us to go make disciples, bring others into this so that there's more people that worship God. And so those are the three areas. And I would, I would challenge you to ponder that this week. And in your own life, how does that look in your own life? Are you being transformed? And we'll get more into that in April. But I want to say this to you. Following Jesus isn't a Sunday thing or a church thing. It's a lifestyle. It becomes part of my life, all of my life. It's a day-by-day thing that I walk in and out. And the, the writers in the New Testament describe it as a race, which requires, and a race requires, and I like, because I like to run, Paul mentions about running and other writers too mention about running, but running requires focus and endurance. And you know why you endure anything in your life? Because you know there's something 
better <laughs> that's going to come at the end of it. Students who are in university, they will pursue for four years, five years, even beyond that, you know, all-nighters, studying for exams, paying the money for the university fees. They do this, why? Because there's something at the end, there's not, it's not, and it's not a degree, it's a vocation or a career they're entering into. And that's why we endure. And we endure because ultimately at the end, it's that heart-to-heart being in the presence of Jesus all the time with Jesus. It's what you see in Revelation when creation is gathered around the throne. And why? Because at the center is Jesus and they long to be with Jesus. And that's why we pursue. That's why we run. That's why we will endure and, and push through. And we do that together. Tab, you have mentioned about being linked arm to arm. That's why we do it because we help each other along the way. Because sometimes you can forget while you're doing what you're doing, right? You need that help, that encouragement for others. And I like what Paul says in Philippians here. Let me read it to you. I, put, I press on to possess that perfection for which Christ Jesus first possessed me. No, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it. But I focus on this one thing forgetting the past and and looking forward to what lies ahead, I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling us. That's why we pursue. That's why. And, And Paul gives great advice there. Forget that. Forget the past. Focus on what lies ahead and run that race. So that's what we're doing. So let me just pray. Let's let's just pray and just see what the Holy Spirit is saying to us right now. Father, Lord, we just, we thank you for the reminder of why we do what we do, but why, what you have called us, this new life you've called us into, how to live life. And Jesus, I just pray for those who are watching and come and speak to hearts, Lord, who are listening. And Lord, for those of us who are running, maybe we've forgotten why we're, why we're doing what we're doing. Lord, may they be reminded again by your Spirit, by your Spirit, Lord, that there is a prize at the end, and that prize is forever with you, Jesus, in your presence, heart to heart. So we just say, come, Holy Spirit, come. In Jesus' name we pray.